Hey there, third graders. It's Miss Hayes here with chapter 15 of our read aloud, Return of the Indian. At the end of chapter 14, um, we had turned all of the Indian plastic men into real tiny Indians, and um, we are now about to put a corporal into the cupboard, a now soldier as we call it. Um, so let's jump right into chapter 15, Corporal Fickets. We'll have to watch it. Last time I did this, they all just started shooting like mad the second the door opened. So they opened the door and the, mere, the merest crack at first. And Omri put his mouth to it and said, Don't shoot, we want to talk to you. A very ripe, soldierly oath answered him, followed by, I've gone off me trolley again. Just don't shoot, okay? And Omri slowly swung the cupboard door open. The corporal had stood up. He gazed around. The machine gun gleamed in the sun, oiled and ready for action. Blimey, now I'm outdoors. What in the world's going on? Omri went into his spiel. Of course it must seem incredible, but the fact is, for the moment, you've become small. And you can tell your grandchildren about it. And it's going to get even more interesting. What we want is for you to tell some friends of ours, who are your size... How to work your machine gun. And who are they planning to shoot with it if it's not a rude answer? Well, you see... But it was too complicated to explain. Omri looked helplessly at Patrick. Who do you shoot with it? Patrick cut in quickly. The man gave a barking laugh. Ha! The Queen's enemies and anyone else who looks sideways at the Royal Marines. And you're an expert on guns. I mean, all kinds of guns. You could say so. We're trained to handle just about anything. And anybody. The boys gave each other a quick look. Then this suited them. Right, said Patrick. Here's your chance to prove it. I'm going to put you and your machine gun in front of a bunch of men. And you're going to demonstrate how to use it. You'll go through it once and let some of them try it. Only be careful. We don't want anybody hurt. This is only a training exercise. The corporal's face had gone rigid, and he stood at attention while Patrick spoke. Then he gave a smart salute. Sir! What's your name, corporal? Fickets, sir. Corporal Royal Marines Willie Fickets. How much ammunition have you, corporal? Three hundred rounds, sir. Don't waste any. Sir. Now, don't be scared when I pick you up. The corporal's Adam's apple jumped as he swallowed, but his face didn't change. Yes, sir. Patrick carried the man stiff as a tiny pencil between finger and thumb and set him down, still at attention, on the platform. At the sight of him, there was a buzz of astonished interest among the Indians, most of whom leapt to their feet. The corporal allowed his eyes to rove briefly over the mass of half-naked Indians. His Adam's apple did a jig in his throat and his eyes popped. Then his rigid expression came back. Meanwhile, Omri had carefully lifted the machine gun out of the cupboard and set it beside him. The nearness of his weapon seemed to restore him. Begin, corporal, said Patrick, who found that he rather liked giving orders he knew would be obeyed instantly. Right, men, Fickett sparked. Pay attention, I'm about to demonstrate the workings of this air weapon, a marvel of military science. I will first break it in down and put it back, break it down and put it back together. Never mind that, Fickett, interrupted Patrick. Just show them how to shoot with it. The corporal instantly changed tack. I will first demonstrate the method of firing. 
He dropped to one knee, aimed over the heads of the crowd, and fired off a short but noisy burst. Bullets whistled through the air and caused a flurry among the rhododendron leaves. The Indians watched this impassively. They didn't seem to grasp what had happened. But Little Bear leapt up beside Spigots and shouted something. He must have told them that each bang represented a bullet, or with luck, a dead enemy. At that, the Indians jumped up and started yelling excitedly and pushing towards the platform. Almost at once, a fight broke out among them, among the ones wanting to be the first to try the gun. Corporal Fickett stared at the scrimmage in dismay. "'You'd better give these blighters some orders, sir,' he shouted at Patrick above the uproar. "'Going on like that, it won't do, sir.' "'It's your gun, Corporal. You give the orders.' "'Me, sir? Ain't there an officer about, sir? Or at least a sergeant?' The scrimmage below was getting wilder. One burly Indian had already laid two others out cold and was scrambling up onto the platform. "'You're in charge, Corporal. Go on. Tell them to behave. They'll listen to you.' After a baffled moment, Fickett saw that the Indian had laid hands on his gun and was swinging the barrel wildly in all the directions. This galvanized him into action. "'Take your hands off that gun!' he bellowed. His voice was not that of a corporal, but of a regiment sergeant major." All at once, the howling mob of Indians fell silent. Even Little Bear looked impressed. The Indian at the gun found himself hiked upright by his hair, all thickets had to get a hold of, and flung off the platform. Now then, you bunch of horrible little men, roared Fickets. You touch this air weapon when I says you will touch it, and not before. Do you understand that? Or you will find yourselves wishing that your mothers had never met your fathers. Is that clear? There was a profound silence. Even the birds in the bushes seemed stunned. Wow, breathed Patrick. That's telling them. Corporal Frigates proved a godsend. He knew a great deal about military hardware, not only machine guns. As fact as Omri put the soldiers into the cupboard, made their weapons real, removed them from their owners, and placed them on the matchbox platform, Frigates instructed his now obedient students how to work them. Soon they had two field guns, ten hand grenades, three bazookas, two more machine guns, and a small pile of automatic rifles. The Indians appeared to like these best. When they discovered that they could actually run while firing them, it took all Corporal Fickett's newfound authority to keep any kind of order, and even so it was a miracle that no one got hurt during the training. The boys set up stripped twigs and round pieces of trimmed bark as as targets, but as there was a limited amount of ammunition, every Indian was only given five rounds to practice with. Fickett's was uneasy about the larger guns. Firing artillery, sir, it ain't something you do to any old how. Any waffle can blast off with the handgun, sir, throw a grenade. But if you'll take my advice, you'll leave the ordnance pieces out of it. You need a properly trained crew for artillery, sir. Not a rabble like this lot. If that's your advice, Corporal, we'll follow it, said Patrick. Corporal Fickett's expression did not change, but he seemed to swell up inside his uniform like a miniature powder pigeon. "'Thank you, sir,' he said, making it all one word. Little Bear was getting impatient. "'Braves know, shoot gu- Braves know how shoot now guns,' he said urgently. "'Time go back!' Omri had been, now he now realized, secretly dreading this moment. There was his Indian, not yet fully recovered, no matter what anyone said, about to be plunged into a life-or-death situation." but he knew there was no way to avoid it. People had to do what they had to do. However, that didn't mean Bright Stars had to go into danger. Can you leave Bright Stars here? Omri asked. Yes, said Little Bear. Leave wife. Omri, take care. Bring old white she-bear when time come for Little Bear's son. 
but no let, no let stab with claw in backside. Omri and the Indian looked at each other for a moment. Good luck, said Omri. Need help from great spirits. Then fight well. Win against French Algonquin enemy. Did the Algonquins help attack your village? Algonquin led. French follow. Now go back. Take vengeance. I wish I could see it, said Omri. And me, added Patrick, who had overheard. It took some time to assemble the now heavily armed Indian troop and prepare them to leave. Bright Stars directed Omri to bring her some flowers, which she crushed in her hands, producing a colored pulp with which she smeared Little Bear's face in streaks. Others were decorating themselves with mixtures of mud and some of their colors they had, they had with them. Every time a bird flew overhead, they all looked up apprehensively. Omri thought they were afraid it might attack them, as indeed it might, had the boys not been there to guard them. But Little Bear, after one such overpass, said, Bad omen if shadow fall on braves before battle. The last Indians were leaving Bright Star's pool, smearing patterns of mud on their torsos. Omri looked at the now murky water in the coffee jar lid. It had a reddish look where the sinking sun caught in. He turned away, glad that he didn't believe in omens. And that's the end of chapter 15. Stay tuned for chapter 16.